0: Welcome to Fermented Faith. We're going to talk about alcohol and dancing and other Christian liberties and how do you figure all that out? So, I um, appreciate y'all joining us. I've got Chad here with me and then the OG of Fermented Faith, Neil Clayton is back. This was uh, hey. Neil's, this was Neil's idea like several years ago like, "Hey, we should do a podcast." And then uh, spent went out to support another uh, like a friend and a fellow leader in another church and uh, are now back here with us is the journey and so wanted you back on the podcast and so literally just texted you last night like can you come to <laughs> a podcast and you're you're all in so here Great we are here. yeah so um and you guys haven't actually got to know each other super well so we'll just have a conversation that's not real well planned but is in response <laughs> to um, yesterday's sermon where we talked about jesus turned the water into wine so um not the primary point of the text, but in our culture, certainly an implication that just comes up immediately um, is, whoa, what do you do? Is it, is it okay to be a Christian and drink? What's Jesus doing? Was that actually alcohol? Because I know I was taught that it wasn't. Uh, it was just grape juice. And, and so it brings up a lot of questions about what is right. And then even even when you, when you get into like, okay, the Bible doesn't condemn drinking, how do we manage? How do we actually live that out in a way that's honoring to the Lord? in a world that's that's very broken. And so it makes a, a lot of us nervous, some for really good reasons, and some for um, ill-informed um, and, frankly, religious reasons. And and so we, what we don't want to do is apologize for the Bible, right? We, we want to let the Bible speak and have its weight on us. Um, but we do want to be helpful in trying to apply the Bible to our context and to ourselves and give some some helpful thoughts and principles. And so had some questions from, um, a couple folks that we'll work through, but, um, yeah, so I'll just say from the front, like the, like that is our, our position here at the journey. It's, it's open-handed whether you, whether you drink or whether you, whether you don't, but we, we, we don't believe that the Bible condemns, um, drinking of alcohol. We do believe that it condemns drunkenness. Um, and we talked about that on a previous podcasts we've talked about that in several sermons and in our membership class and that's not I don't think surprising to anyone um, but these are some helpful questions because I, and I think I think it potentially it, it was particularly relevant because the context of the wedding I also mentioned dancing and um, and so some people were like what what about this because then you get you know because that's a different mm-hmm. those are different contexts right dancing and maybe even enjoying some wine at a wedding might have one ethos about that. And if you go to the club, that's totally mm-hmm. different. And so how do you do that? And, and just because one is okay is the other. So that's what we're going to talk about, uh, hopefully, and, and maybe bring some clarity. So before we do, though, I I, I would love uh, to just have you guys share a little bit about what were you taught? I think probably most of our hearers have heard my stories. And so what what if, what were you guys taught about to start with alcohol, you can work in dancing however you want if you want, but uh, those are the two fun ones there's a lot of, there's a lot of liberty issues that these principles will apply to, but we could, we'll work off of those too so yeah I mean it definitely
1: I mean yesterday's message definitely struck a chord in me just in remembering how I grew up and how I was raised. I went to a private Christian college where they were really strict like you should not uh, consume alcohol, you wouldn't be in the, in the same. Be at the same table if I was at the Olive Garden with some friends and they were having a glass of wine, I would have been written up by the college for being associated with them.
0: And so, people like tell on each other, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) If you you see something, say something. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, very protective, I mean, but but very restrictive. Uh You know, it started out in what they with a good intention, but I think it, it started becoming very. Burdensome mm-hmm. on on how to how to you know um, walk the straight line, um, and so we couldn't dance, um, couldn't have you know the opposite sets in our dorm rooms. So I mean, there's some logical understanding as to why some of those um, guardrails are in place, sure. but but at the same time, it kind of got out of hand.
0: Yeah. So. so that was at college were you, was that was that belief consistent with what you were brought up with as well in the home yeah definitely i mean my my
1: parents are very i think uh, my my brothers were very rebellious, and i think that was a knee jerk reaction for my- for my parents so let's um uh, let's you know have the yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you know strict forfe yeah. i mean just and yeah didn't touch alcohol. Didn't dance. I think there's- basically says we're just your typical Southern Illinois uh, middle class white family. So yeah. we didn't have any rhythm. So we couldn't dance even if, if, if we wanted to.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly a relevant point. We need to add that. Like just, be, just just because it's permissible does not mean it's beneficial. That could apply to your dancing. Uh, <laughs> just because you're allowed to dance doesn't mean you should. <laughs> because you might be bad at it. (laughs) Chad, what about you? Uh, So I
2: grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I went to a very conservative church as well. We had seminary professors as our pastors. And so in one sense, like the Bible was taught correctly. Uh, We were taught that, that drunkenness was the sin, but it was also just not really spoken of beyond that sort of context. And so youth group was, you know, the typical typical experience of don't do drugs, don't do alcohol, don't have sex sort of thing. And, you know, the 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 linchpin, you know, with the alcohol was you're you're not twenty one. Sure. You don't need to do yeah. it. Yeah. And so it was just kind of there was a, a, a social pressure at the church of we just We don't really believe in it. We know that drunkenness is the sin, not the alcohol itself, but we're just going to abstain from it and not really address it, uh, the nuances of it, because we just don't want to give way to it, I guess. It was more of an unspoken sort of, um, an unspoken thing, as opposed to from the pulpit, from, you know, any sort of formal teaching. And so, um, like, I, I had a pretty good understanding but uh it just it wasn't something that that was talked about much in the church,
0: yeah, yeah, and I think that's common. I think there are churches that know they can't they can't condemn it on paper, right, but it's this like, don't yeah. let anybody know like i remember <laughs> I remember being in uh in a service uh the church I was on staff at years ago, and they were doing like a children's um sermon thing, and uh, and uh for some reason, one of the guys thought it would be a good idea to bring like a koozie, like a little, cool, like a can cooler koozie thing, <laughs> and as soon as he brought it out, one of the kids yells, that's what my dad keeps his beer in, <laughs> and the room was like, <gasps> you know, and you could almost see everybody's eyes go to that guy. Yeah, you know? it, it was very much like, don't ask, don't tell, <laughs> and so like, it, if
2: you drank, like nobody was gonna necessarily come out and get you from like a church discipline standpoint, but it was kind of like, oh, yep. I didn't know they drink. Well, don't tell anybody. You know, right. sure.
0: <laughs> you could come over here on Thursdays and we'll drink together. But, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I remember having like being legitimately surprised as like a thirteen, fourteen year old when you'd go over and you would see, you yeah, know, oh, they have a six pack in their fridge. Like I never saw these people drunk or anything, yeah. but it was just, it was never um, something that was ever openly discussed. Yeah, either pro or con.
0: Right. And there's so many cultural right. things into that. And we'll get into like, that's part of why this matters. And that's part of why the beauty of what Jesus did at Cana, even though his primary point, he's not addressing this issue. He didn't do that to prove that alcohol was okay. Mm-hmm. But the way that he is able to interact with these things that make so many of us nervous is mm-hmm. part of the beauty of the gospel that shows that he's better, mm-hmm. right? Because he doesn't need to, it doesn't have to be about these, don't cross this line, don't, whatever. He's comfortable with the creation, in an untainted way which is beautiful but part of it, so much of what we're talking about is so culturally mm-hmm. informed but it's also so personally informed and and I thought what and I don't I don't mean to to pick on your parents but I think the inside of what you shared about your brothers rebelling so them almost kind of doubling down on you right. is actually the heart of so much of even the cultural things and mm-hmm. the, uh, what we would call legalism help me define legalism cuz I, I don't want to assume that everybody understands that term we
2: use it a lot Legalism is like adherence to the rules for rules' sake, yeah. more so than the intent behind the rules. It's almost a
0: gospel plus something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, and it's what I mean. You're you're walking the kids through Galatians right now. The students right, right through yeah. Galatians right now, and that's exactly what Paul is calling out. Is like people are like, yes, Jesus, but also circumcision, mm-hmm. and also these these list of mm-hmm. rules. And so it's basically any. Any rule that we put on as like something that everyone must hold mm-hmm. to, if they're really a Christian, mm-hmm. that gets them. so. But the heart of legalism, like it usually doesn't start with a intent on distorting the gospel. It usually starts with exactly what you were describing of like we don't want Neil to get, we don't want our little Neil to get, you know. <laughs> we've seen, and, I, and I'm not saying this has to do with your brothers and alcohol, but that it, it's a it applies anywhere. Anytime we see da- damage done by something, yeah. Think of a fire. Somebody mm-hmm. falls in a fire. What do, like what does everybody do from then on out? You're, you're a little more cautious to keep everybody back from the fire, right? right. It just you know, the fire itself isn't the issue. It's falling in it, right? But right. but now we're a little bit more cautious, and and now maybe we don't enjoy the fire the way that we were meant to because of of some of that. And so that that happens with with these issues, and certainly alcohol has been. Um, the root cause, or maybe not the root cause, but a cause of so, of a lot of family destruction and a mm-hmm. lot of heartache over the years. And we probably all have stories. I know, yeah. I, know I do, and my family does. And so um, there's a lot of good reason for caution and, um, and wisdom and careful thought and teaching and instruction um, that we don't want to diminish. In mm-hmm. fact, probably where we're going to end is Kind of getting us back to thinking through this well. But the the, the problem becomes whenever we take those cautions, those concerns, and we lay them out as something that is equal to the gospel or, or is added to the gospel and we say, Yeah, but you can't be a Christian and do this. Well, that there's real danger in that. Like serious danger in that. And that that was, you know, one of the points. So, okay. So that's a little bit of background. Let's, let's move into some of the, just some of the, the practicalities. So one of the questions that was asked was like, okay. Um, how do we handle alcohol then? Like, is it okay like to be at the table if friends are drinking it? Like, even if you don't drink it or um, how much is too much? And and we've, we, we covered, we did a podcast on alcohol. So you, you can go back and I think we covered more of the, you know, those approach. And so, Kind of getting into some of the other questions of 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 the living it out and those those principles and details, but for the sake of review and just setting it up, like if if we're accepting, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us, but if we can see, like, okay, the Bible is okay with with drinking. Okay, now let's put that in a couple of examples and say, is this. Is this okay? Is this not okay? How do we know? And where do we draw those lines? So, you want to go back to pretend you're in the room at your college, writing (laughs) whatever legislation that was, and uh, how would you write it different? Like, uh, is that a helpful place to start? Or,
1: man, yeah, I you know, I always think about you know. I ask myself, where is my heart in this? Why why am I doing what I'm doing? When it comes to consuming alcohol, am I doing this out of celebration? (laughs) Am I doing this out of stress? There was a dead theologian that said something to this regard. Drink or consume alcohol when you're celebrating, but don't drink it when you're miserable. Mm. And so I always ask myself, you know, why are you doing this? What's the heart behind it? Um, and then, you know, moderation in all things, except for love. So, you know, if I'm going to be drinking, you know, two drinks, um, I need to tip myself and say I play no more or, you know, no no operating heavy machinery or, yeah. you know, no, don't be you know, getting behind the wheel and, and things like that. Um, so I just I'm very I'm very cautious um but um I yeah, I don't know. It's 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 hard it's hard once you ask this question. Like, <laughs> I would put you on the spot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, maybe let me just ask uh one of our um one of our direct questions. So she says i grew up pretty sheltered and being taught that drinking at all and dancing with a group of people was something that we didn't do um my parents uh especially my mom did neither of those things and it's not uh fun to have at, at many events i did make a joke yesterday about how jesus was fun and <laughs> and and i think I mean, it's not a joke i think he was like it, and he he was like uh at social events and and i think enjoyable to be around and i think he did make jokes and he was now that doesn't mean like okay so just because Jesus was at a party and was fun doesn't mean whatever whatever image right I have like two different movies going through my mind of like the the quintessential party guy you know whether that's mm-hmm. like I don't want to I don't even quote movies and incriminate myself but uh, you know like that doesn't mean the fraternity idiot right that is got a beer helmet on and or doing a handstand and chugging from a keg. Like, okay, that doesn't mean that it's not what Jesus was doing. And that doesn't, uh, make that guy righteous. Right. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm getting mm-hmm. at? Like, yeah, and right. so I just want to be clear. Like just cause I said, Jesus was fun. Doesn't mean like, Oh, you know, the life of the party guy that's in full debauchery is not getting a pass just because Jesus was at a party. Like that's not what I'm saying. But she goes on to say, so reflecting on the message, uh, When Jesus went to social events like the wedding in Cana and was comfortable being in those social settings and having fun, that brought some questions. Um, She doesn't plan on drinking herself because of some health issues, but where are those lines? Um, Because she grew up thinking even the slightest bit would cloud every bit of sense that was in me and cause me to sin. Uh, I don't believe that now, but it seems like the line between drinking and being drunk, which is a sin, is very variable depending on the person. Mm.
2: Well, and I think if you if you take it from that perspective, what you just gave the the frat boy who is doing you know keggers, it's pretty clear what the intent there is. Yeah. Like yep. they're not doing this just to have a social drink. <laughs> like this is like I'm going to get hammered right right. And I think for right. for the majority of us like it, it's really easy to sit there and say like all right. What's going to be the intent behind this evening? Well, you know, is there the propensity to, to just get drunk, mm-hmm. drunk as a skunk? Or is it just like, hey, we're going to go? Not even a
0: propensity. Sometimes that's that's the only goal. Like, right. That's
2: literally why they started. Right. Yeah. And so, like, is it going to be one of those nights? Or are we just going to a sports bar? We're going to watch a game and, like, I'm going to have a drink yep. here on the table. And at the end of the night, are we leaving the the night? Are we drunk? right? Mm -hmm. And so we, I think we each have to wrestle with those, those type of scenarios. And I, you know, from my perspective, like if I knew like my group of friends is getting together and the end goal is to be drunk at the end of the night, like I probably don't need to be a part of that. Sure, There's nothing good that's going to come from that. Um, And so then I'm going to, you know, adjust my life, my lifestyle of right? Do I want to be a part of that? Mm -hmm. Is that something that's going to lead me to more godliness or is it not, right? And not, again, from a behavior modification standpoint, but, right, can I lead a holy life if the whole point of me having this drink is to get drunk, right? And so if I'm going to be holy, if God has called me to holiness, like, I'm going to lead my life with a bit of wisdom to, to know like when those situations are happening. And if that's going to happen, like, I don't need to be a part of that, but like, can I get together with a group of guys and watch a game and still lead a holy life? And, and we're not, um, we're not using poor judgment. We're not, um, just doing it for the sake of doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even honoring the Lord, like, and that gets that—that's that, right. hard for some people to, like, whoa. But I think mm-hmm. you got to let the Scripture speak. So, okay, so you both brought up intent. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a, probably a helpful first principle. Sure. What's the intent? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it to, you know, like, um, drown like drown out life's challenges, like escape in right. a way that you know? Okay, that's not healthy, right? Like, um, I think calming nerves. Like, I think the Bible would give some, some weight to that. But again, if it's like your coping mechanism, then okay. But, but to celebrate, I mean, Psalm 104 is kind of, you know, um, one of the, the, the more clear passages where it says that, that God has, has given mine or given wine to gladden the heart of men, oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. So, um, you know, if it's, to celebrate, to enjoy, and even just to um, really enhance the fellowship of friends and brothers or within a marriage. Yeah, I think I think you can really see in Scripture, like, wine is tied to blessing and abundance. Mm-hmm. All of the prophets are, are saying, hey, come, <laughs> come, come, you know, Isaiah 55, come by wine, by milk, like, enjoy, like, this is what God is going to do. He's going to provide... Uh, a land and a promise and a kingdom that is full of these things and so we don't you know we don't want to start saying that any 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 presence of that thing is wrong whenever God is clearly saying when I bless you this is going to be a part of it now certainly there there are very likely differences there, there's pretty strong evidence that that wine was was diluted to a degree that mm-hmm. is probably not as strong as what we would know um, that's all like yes but it's not. It is alcohol. Like, you know, like to for those that I was brought up and people would say, no, it's just grape juice. And I'm like, it's a really tough case to make. Like, it, you really have to do like some mental theological gymnastics or just plug your ears and go, la, 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 la. Like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to read, you know. If, and so you can't do that. But uh, So intent, I think, is, is helpful. That's what both of you guys said. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's right. So you start on the front end going, what's the intent here? And that's part of the reason I never saw people – I never saw a redemptive use of alcohol Mm -hmm. because I grew up in rural Southern Illinois. And if people drank, it was to get drunk Mm -hmm. period. Like, uh, that's kids throwing parties. And also uh, most of the men or adults that I was around, it was like, we're getting a 30 pack of the cheapest beer and we're going (laughs) to drink until there was no appreciation of a good gift. It was like, let's run as fast as we can into inebriation. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like that was the agreed upon goal and so I never saw redemptive use of it, really, until we moved to St. Louis, honestly. And and then I saw people, and and, and that that was my exposure. That wasn't saying everybody in South Illinois is like that, but that was my my exposure and extent. It was, I was either around party people, like people that partied to get drunk, or hyper-religious people that said, you can't do any of that. Like, those were the only two. And so we get to St. Louis, I'm like, oh, people... People do drink responsibly, and it's okay. Like the journey had a whole ministry at Schlafly's Brewery that they invited people to come and have a beer and talk about the gospel, mm-hmm. and it grew the church. Like the Lord used it. It also freaked the Missouri Baptist out, and they almost pulled their loan. But um, you know, so you got a good picture of like uh, both sides of that there. But um, so yeah, intent, intent's huge. What else looked like you were about to jump in? No, no. Okay. Um, Chad has notes. Neil and I have none. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is why I hired Chad. Yeah. <laughs> um so okay, so intent and then um I I think th- she's right. It, where is that line is 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 difficult to define. Yeah. And I I I don't think we're going to come out of here with a super clean like you know, carry a breathalyzer and at this alcohol level like okay, that's not what the lord intends. Um The most helpful, it's, it's, it's a bit cliche. I think it's founded in Ephesians, um, and, and principally in the scripture, but I I use it a lot. I think it's helpful. And I think it's true is it's not about how much, you know, alcohol can you have, but at what point does the alcohol have you? Right. Right. I think that's a help. Do you guys agree? Is that how helpful, like just principle to keep in your pocket of like, at what point have I surrendered my faculties?
2: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well in, in scripture talks of like don't let sin be the master over you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Master your sin. And so yeah, that's an absolutely great principle of if we're losing control on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, like what
0: what good is is coming from that? Yeah. So I think that's helpful. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look up the reference. There's an Ephesians passage, which basically says, don't get, don't, don't get drunk on wine get drunk on the, the spirit of God. Like if you're going to surrender, like the only thing we surrender control of ourselves to is, is God's spirit, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, no other substance, nothing material should have like, mm-hmm. mastery over us. So, okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, that that's, that's challenging now. Uh, part of what she's talking is, is like, okay, where can I interact with people then? Because there's a missional aspect to this. Or just like a one of the points I made was from uh, you know a commentator named Bruner that was like, Jesus wasn't um, unnaturally religious, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do we do that? Because a lot of people have taken that idea, we need to be missional and we need to be friends of sinners, and they've thrown off all caution and all regard for holiness and... They go and they drink too much and they run around and they, they don't, they don't draw any lines, right? Other people have gone, well, we don't want any, we don't want to be called. (laughs) We don't want people to talk about us. We don't want people to think we're drinking. So they won't, now they have no interactions with anybody other than people just like them in the church. And so how do we do that? Um, I, I think, and maybe I told this story in podcast a few years ago, I don't, I don't know, but I think for me when you were talking chat about like okay wh- wh- where's this not going to end and what's the intent I, I was put in that situation a lot whenever I was um, working in the secular world and I was a store manager for a grocery uh, chain and um, we would have manager meetings and and even before that at a couple different places we managers we would just we would have you know, one night a week we would have we would all close we would do the ad set at home Depot way back in the day and and uh, and after we were finished, we'd all go out and have a drink, uh, and I would go with them, and um, and and I would stay for like two drinks over, and and it took me a while to even. I I, I didn't always, I would stay for like the first two rounds, right? Because my my pace of drinking was usually not the same of theirs, and so even if I was drinking a beer, it, it took me a little longer. Beer just I don't. know. I don't know. I don't even part of this. I don't even really like alcohol. Like, so just know I'm not arguing from a <laughs> from a place of like I really want to do this and I want it to be okay. Like, I actually don't. Like, I will I will enjoy bourbon occasionally, but man, I, it's not a thing. I I would sweets are my vice. So <laughs> we start talking about I can't have Coke and Reese's and that we have whatever real issues. So, um, but so I would stay for a couple of drinks and then I would leave and a lot of them would keep would stay and I and I'm sure that what happened. After I left was not something I wanted to be associated with, but what happened in that first little bit was I was able to build relationships, credibility, have some conversations, and have a missional impact that led to like, one one guy I got to see come to the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. so it's awesome and and similar at all. Like we would go on these, we would go out of town for our our, our manager um, meetings, and you know at night we're gonna go eat and then go to uh, you know sports bar, play pool or whatever. And again, I would go for a little while. Right, Mm -hmm. but then I'm heading back to the room. Well, before midnight, I'm going to bed. I'm I'm tired. Like I don't don't even enjoy that scene. You know, like it was Mm -hmm. almost like I had to like make myself just try to be in relationship with these guys because frankly I was just like tired. But so, yeah, can I hang with them for a little bit? Yeah, Um, and do I need to make a fuss when I'm leaving? Like, okay, you guys are entering into sin now, and I'm (laughs) going to leave. Like, (laughs) I didn't do that. Maybe I should have, but I think they knew. Like, they knew. Okay, Jordan's not going to hang and get drunk because Jordan's a Christian. Jordan's a believer and. And part of it was like, I didn't know you could even have a drink with us. And I'm like, Yeah, man, that, the gospel's not this. And so I got to have some good conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I do think that some of those can't now. But if it's if it's the party out in the woods and it's just debauchery from the jump, all right, yeah, we might not need to go there at all. Right. And back to that intent question. If it's clubbing, uh, I don't have a lot of experience there, but. Uh, <laughs> Again, more questions, right? And so um, what's the intent of the group overall? Can I fellowship to some degree without entering into sin myself and or giving the wrong witness? Now, that witness is not that the substance is the issue. The witness is our use of this. substance, you know. But are you honoring Jesus? Are you honoring yourself? Like, those are other questions we can ask about both alcohol and, and dancing, right? Because if this is like... The, the primary thing that we're enjoying is the fellowship, and the alcohol may or may not enhance that, or it doesn't negatively impact that. I think you can be a part of that. If the main thing is just like we're we're just feasting on this, we're misusing the substance from the jump. Yeah. Probably just peace out and say, hey, I'm actually not gonna, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna hang. I don't know. Was that was that helpful or just yeah, talking in a circle? I, I think the.
2: To answer your question, yes, I, I think there's freedom on both sides. Like, if you feel like you can go in there, um, and you can you can be around people who are enjoying a drink, like by all means, right, right, go for it. I, I don't think you see any clear prohibition from Scripture from that standpoint. But that's something that that relates back to this Christian liberty, like. You know, as we are growing in the faith, am I understanding that Christian liberty? Am I growing in my own faith? Am I, uh, how's my own discipleship going? Like, I'm going to understand those things a little bit better as the Lord leads me. But in those situations, too, I also have the freedom. Like, if I think, man, this has the propensity to get out of hand, you know, maybe I don't need to go. Like, you have that freedom, even if it doesn't end up getting out of hand. And so, like, don't, I don't think that we can tie down one side or the other, but I think it is helpful and maybe hopefully liberating from some people to know that, yeah, you have some freedom to go. If if you feel like you can and everything's going to be under control, you're not going to lose sense of your faculties, but also like you have freedom not to go, yeah right? Sure. And, and we don't want anyone to feel judged because they feel one side or the other. You yeah. know, if you think that you honor the Lord by not going cool if you feel like you can honor the Lord while you're there cool
0: yeah yeah and I think and I, and I think that posture absolutely there's there's absolutely freedom um, within that and I think that's maybe what we'll try to into but is this like there's freedom with you know whether you're gonna go or whether you're not going to go there is not mm-hmm. freedom to say you can't go you can't be a Christian correct and you know, Go have a drink. Now you're adding to the gospel. You're distorting what Jesus said, and there's a concern there. And I, I don't think I've said this yet, but a very conservative theologian named D. A. Carson said at one point, like, and he's a teetotaler. He doesn't drink at all. But he he was like, I, I'm not going to drink. I don't I don't have any desire to. I don't think it's helpful. I, but he's like, the moment somebody tells me that you can't be a Christian and drink, like, I'll have a glass of wine. Like, and and his point was, we're we're going to guard the purity of the gospel mm-hmm. from any additions and legalisms. But there is freedom, and I think there's freedom to have some personal legalisms, mm-hmm. right? And, some pers- and so even learning, part of what you were talking about, Chad, is like learning, okay, not only where is the group's mm-hmm. intent, but like where where am I going to be able to honor the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And that's going to be different based on different people's past and um, temptations and... and Tendencies and and so, um, if you when did you share earlier what you were talking about like that this is a problem because the the world's broken
2: right it yeah the the world is broken and, and I think it's helpful to remember you know this conversation in light of what the whole sermon was talking about like that Jesus is better that um, you know when when he takes the cup at the Last Supper, and says, you know, takes the wine, pours out the wine, this is my blood shed for you, Um, like, Jesus is the the perfect embodiment of that. His blood is going to cover our sins, and so when you take this whole discussion in light of that, that it's not always going to be this way. I think we wrestle Mm. with a lot of these issues because the world is broken, the world has screwed up. God's creation, um, we want to remember that, like, God has, has a sovereign plan, and he's going to make all things right. And so it's not just, you know, that you can apply this to alcohol, but look at the family. Mm-hmm. You know, the, God designed the family, God designed, um, had a good purpose in giving mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, all of that, the world has screwed that up. How many broken families have we yep. encountered? How many of us came from broken families? How many of us have been traumatized, you know, through broken families? That doesn't mean that, hey, let's cast family aside and right. we're all going to be on our own. Uh, you look at sexuality. We just did a series, you know, a couple months ago on that. God designed our sexuality. He designed sex. Um, because the world has screwed that up, do we just set all of that aside? No, we grieve that, but we enjoy it the way that God has intended for that, knowing that in the the last day, He's going to redeem all of that. And and like you talked about, there's going to be a marriage feast. And do we know exactly what that's going to look like? Are we going to be eating and drinking? Like what's going to be on the table? I have no idea, but I do know that it's going to be a perfect feast and never... Are we gonna sit there and be like, "Hey, is Jordan drinking too much right Is Neil drinking too much at this feast? is you know Peter the apostle is he drinking too much like that's not gonna right. be our concern at that point because it's gonna be in perfect redemption uh and and I think it's really helpful
0: to to remember that that perspective yeah, and I, that is exactly what was so compelling to me about. Jesus's comfortability with these good gifts because he is untainted by those things and he mm-hmm. is giving us a picture of this is what it was meant to be and this is what it will be and he got called a, a drunkard mm-hmm. right and a glutton and a friend of sinner like because he because he was comfortable in his own skin and in his own creation mm-hmm. and that does it's such a helpful thing to remember like we're struggling with these things not because they are are bad mm-hmm. but because the world is twisted and contorted. I mean, the same is true of like money. Like God created money as a purpose, yeah, right? It's but it's destroyed a ton of lives, right? right. Um, and so you could take that to a lot of different things. And, um, but on the pastoral, like sensitive side of this, like we have to have space um, for people's stories within this broken world to have put them in a place where they may not be able to enjoy this liberty without sinning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: right and this is where Paul would would take us and say like hey if it's going to cause your brother to stumble then you don't need to exercise that liberty for the sake of exercising that liberty give up your liberty give up your freedom like mm-hmm. so first Corinthians eight and 9's talking about primarily um uh, about meat that's sacrificed to idols so in that so if if you're going over somebody's house in this context and they're serving you meat, there's a very strong chance that it was bought at a market where it had been previously offered as an idol or as worship to an idol, right? And so a lot of people wouldn't eat meat because that was almost almost the exclusive conduit with which you got meat was from the market when they bought it from the temples of pagan gods where it was slaughtered. And so some people are like, man, I I just can't participate. For them, that equaled participating in pagan worship, so I, I can't eat it. And Paul's like, we don't need to divide over this. If you're cool, it doesn't cause your conscience to stumble, eat the meat. You're not in sin. Mm-hmm. But if it causes your brother to stumble, don't eat the meat. They're not in sin either. Just have fellowship. That's the b- we should be bound by the gospel and that fellowship. And so that's going to be really true in a world where there is a lot of substance abuse and there is a lot of addiction and there is a brokenness. That's going to be true, and that principle applies you know, exceptionally well when we're talking about alcohol in today's world, right? There's a lot of people recovering out alcoholics or they, 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 they were abused by an alcoholic, right? Or whatever. And we need to have space for them to like, Mm -hmm. for that to to be an issue that they can't be, they can't be comfortable with. Okay, cool. I'm not going to go ahead and have my drink and claim my liberty and laugh in their face. No, Paul absolutely calls us away from that. So Um, yeah, I, I, that can be applied to a, in a lot of different things and, and extended based off of people's stories. Right. Mm-hmm. And based off of, um, those sensitivities. So that's another principle is know yourself, mm-hmm. problem, right? Like know your own temptations just because somebody else is strong enough to go to a sports bar and have a drink and watch a game mm-hmm. doesn't mean you, you are, and that's okay that's okay. Right. Like we don't need to condemn that person or make them feel less than we, we should probably be, we should be the ones that are lead out and being like, you know what? Let's just, let's go to a house instead. Some of those guys are going to go to the bar. Cool. Why don't I get two or three guys and we just go watch it on a big screen with some soda and wings instead of beer. Right. Mm -hmm. That should be our posture is like, Hey, I'd rather be with you than to like, if if you're choosing (laughs) your Liberty, whether, you know, like, from a substance, if you're choosing that over fellowship with somebody that we've got an intent issue there, right? We've got it. <laughs> uh-huh. And so, um, so I think that it is, is fair, but knowing yourself. So for some people, they may not be able back to the question to go to those, uh, you know, uh, those parties or those, those places where people are drinking and, and, and not have a drink or yeah. not, you know, they might not be able to go there and not get drunk because, some people, that's all they've known is we drink to get drunk. And so
2: I think to jump in here real quick, you know, that, that kind of leads to another principle that, that may help. of Like, who are you surrounding yourself with, right? You talk about that fellowship aspect. And so when you are looking for, like, how do I relate, how do I interact, you know, around this, this, this topic of alcohol, like I, I hope that we are going to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that can help us wrestle yep. through this, right? Then, then, all right, do I go, do I go to a bar where, you know, with a bunch of non Christians? Like, am I getting my answers from them, or am I walking with other brothers and sisters? Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and you know, from a pastoral perspective, yeah, sometimes, given all these types of. Um, situations and, and questions, right? It can be hard from from the pulpit for for Jordan to say, "Thus saith the Lord," and apply that across you know the entire spectrum of every person sitting in the in the chairs. But that doesn't mean that hey, we don't want to walk with you through this, like right, like come to us. We'd love to talk about your situation and help you understand this. You know, we, you know, like you said. Get a bunch of guys together, get a bunch of girls together. Let's let's walk through this. And yeah, in this situation, is it okay? Yeah, I think think it's very much permissible. In this situation, yeah, maybe we can use a little better judgment and and yeah. build our fellowship that way.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I think that's a huge principle too, is like community, who's our formative influences, right? right? Because yes, Jesus was labeled as a friend of sinners and he was in these social events, but his primary community was, was disciples and his people. Like, that, that was who, they weren't formative for Jesus because he was <laughs> forming them, but, but, you know, that was the, the community mm-hmm. that he was creating. And then they went together missionally in and out of these places. Right. And so if you're somebody who, out of confirmation bias, you, you really like what this crowd says, and they're big on Christian liberty because they all go get drunk and they don't call each other out for it, okay, that, you, you, you're letting, you know, like, that's not the right answer. Like, you can't just go there and say, well, they all are cool with it. No, we need, we need to make sure the Bible is our arbiter, right, of mm-hmm. our pleasures and our, what we do, and we need to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves primarily with people that are going to call us out with the Scripture and not just what we want to hear. Same is true on the other side, because mm-hmm. some people are far more comfortable being around people that say it's all sin and it's all wrong, so they can circle up in a in a huddle of legalism mm-hmm. because they're more comfortable there right so we want to be around people that push us to submit to the bible um primarily right that needs to be our influence in our community and then we're missionally involved with with people you know uh from a different perspective but we're not submitting ourselves to formation to those people is that is that making some sense mm-hmm. so um I think. I mean, yeah. I
1: think it's super important to have conversations like this. Not necessarily with microphones in front of your face, but just to have uh, a group of friends that you can bounce questions off of. It's, I mean, if you're like me, you can't believe everything that you think. Right. I, I, <laughs> I, have, I have a tendency to rationalize or to oversimplify. Or mm-hmm. So you definitely want to bounce questions and ideas off of each other, just so that am I thinking this correctly? Am I thinking this? right or do I have other ulterior motives in my mind um, I mean I, I remember a few years back um, I, I went out with some guys to a restaurant they had a pitcher of beer and so I, in my mind I think everything okay, you know you only have two beers and then you're done Yeah. but what I failed to um, take into account was that they just kept on filling my glass uh-huh. I lost count, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully I had another baby of mine that said, "I think you've had enough."
0: Here. Right? Yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. I said, "Okay, good. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna just sit back and drink water." A day. Yeah. So I mean,
0: and it's so subjective because the size of beer matters. But you no, can't no. just say two drinks, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's a vast direction. Like, I, I had that once where I was like, I went to hang out with a guy and watch a UFC fight years ago, and like he ordered these really tall you know and i'm like all right and and like i just was drinking it like with my food which i don't normally do and i was like whoa okay i gotta pump the brakes because like that was a like one beer doesn't affect me but that was a that was a large <laughs> draft beer <laughs> right and so you can, yeah, yeah so that's where you know lines and numbers and those things aren't helpful we really are operating more off of principle in a lot of these situations but but yeah, being honest with yourself and being honest with those people, mm-hmm. and just saying, "Hey, I can I can't go. I can't do that." Like, and so back to the the you know the Home Depot managers meetings thing, uh, and this intertwines the two conversations a bit. Um, not, it's not necessarily about dancing, but we would go mo- like most of the time we went to this like little local pub, and it was like super chill, and mm-hmm. you know people were just sitting around having drinks and talking. Uh, one night they were like, we are going to go to, I think it was called Hot Shots or something. And I didn't know what that was. I uh, no idea. I was like, okay, cool. And I just meet them there. And I walk in and it's a local Hooters type, right? And so the girls are scantily dressed and skin is on display and it's it's just a different atmosphere. And so I was like, oh, guys, I can't hang in this, right? And so I was like, I'm going to go ahead and roll. Y'all have fun. I'll see you next week. And And they were so cool about it because they were like, wait, like the next week they're like, Will you go with us? I was like, "Where are you going?" And they're like, "Well, where were you?" Go-? They they didn't even understand. They were just like, "So what's the what's the line? You'll have a drink, but you won't go. <laughs> no boobs." And I was kind of like, "Yeah, pretty much. Like that's the thing. Like I got my wife. Like that's that's my uh, you know that's my jam. And any any other woman, I'm not. You know, I'm not I'm not going there. For, it's for the good." Of-. And then I got to talk about it. like that's bigger than my marriage, man. Like that's that's not my God taken from me. That's Him leading me mm-hmm. to the best enjoyment of the good gift of of my wife that He's given me. And they were just like. So if we go over here, will you go with us? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yes. If, if, like, and this is the line, and they're like, okay, cool. Like, we don't care. Like, we just we want to hang out. And so that was that was helpful. But for me, that's a line. Like, I can't. But that's because of my own story. So this gets back even, and then we can tie this to dancing because, um, you know, if we're talking about dancing, what's the intent of that that dancing? For a lot of people, dancing, you know, is is going to be arousing and intended to even to be arousing. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to say another Baptist joke. What is it? Like, you know why Baptists don't, um, d- don't like sex because it leads to dancing dance. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we are Baptists and I, am Baptist. I can make these jokes. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So that, that's another good question. And and I think the principle of what I just shared there can be applied to these other things too. So when it comes to dancing, is there a redemptive form of dancing? Absolutely. Again, we're real white, so yeah. uh, not as rhythmic as maybe we would hope. Yeah, I don't have rhythm. Yeah. Uh, but you said absolutely. Absolutely. Um, can you give me an example?
1: I mean, I think we brought up um, just, you know, you we, we talked about weddings. You know, I think there are certain experiences that just... Want to celebrate and you want to celebrate with your whole body, yeah. and just you, you, your feet just cannot help but start moving. Um, and so, um, I don't know. There's something. There's something about certain experiences, the the, the a, new, a new birth and a new marriage. Um, it just it just calls for celebration and movement.
0: Mm-hmm. Psalm one forty nine three says, uh, "Let God's people praise His name with dancing. Uh, make melody with Him or to Him with tambourine and lyre. Um, for the Lord takes pleasure in His people, and He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy in, on their beds. Um, this is celebration language. This is." Right. Praise language. Uh, I mean, even in that, I mean, we could just we could carry this out so far because some churches aren't comfortable with instruments. (laughs) Right. Whereas the Bible literally just said, praise God with an instrument. And they're like, well, somebody, somebody somewhere listened to music and committed adultery. And And I'm not kidding. That probably is how it panned out. And so we don't want anybody to get in that fire again. So that must be the guitar's fault or the drums. And so, I'm I, sorry, I don't mean to mock. Neil's over there laughing, but but this is the danger. This is why we have to have the gospel as our, our, our uh, justifying force and not what we do and what we don't do. Um, so that's Psalm 149. I think Psalm 150 also. There's a lot of dancing, honestly, in Scripture. There's a weird story of David dancing as the temple's coming in and uh, evidently he's in his undies. Type of and his and his wife doesn't like it. She's like y'all been dancing around, <laughs> yeah. Out there dancing around all those young women. He was like, listen, I had nothing to do with those women. I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, I'll become even more undignified with this. I was worshiping the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Like, and he's, but even then, you see that dynamic. She's like, were you were you down there just try to draw attention to yourself and you know get yourself another woman? And I don't think that's helpful anything about dancing. Like, what what are we drawing attention to? Is it the celebration of the Lord, or an event, a wedding, you know, or is it my body, mm-hmm. or you know, w- whatever? And those are helpful questions because if you're dancing in such a way that's trying to draw attention to you, um, and especially in a sensual or sexual way, yeah, that's out of bounds. I mean, I think that is very clearly out of bounds. That's mm-hmm. you're you're in sin. You're gonna you're you're inviting, causing others to sin potentially. So. Um yeah I think that's that was part of the question that was asked too. It was like, okay, dancing is it if it if it's okay here, but what about here in the club and those situations, or can we even go to the club if others are dancing same kind of question with alcohol, like if they're dancing in a way that is is sexual in nature um do I need to not be there at all? Can I be there like uh okay, this is where I think you got personal lines and and legalisms that are okay I think personal legalisms can be okay you gotta be careful Mm -hmm. that you're not getting a justification out of them right but if it's like saying I know that I don't have this freedom okay you need to share that with brothers around you and sisters around you and and live that out and so you know for me like I I know that I can't I you know some people might have been okay in that hot shot it's like people weren't naked right it was just skin and clean you know but for me like I have a history of being in bondage to pornography and so I, I, there's no hint of sensuality that's okay for me. Like, I just, I have to um, I have to run away with it. But you can, we can go, we can talk about bathing suits. Is two pieces okay? Is it got to be one piece? Can you show that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can get your measuring stick out with all of these things, mm-hmm. and, and and it's not fair to lay that over everybody else. That's legalism. When you say, I can't do this, therefore no one can do this, and this is the new standard for Christianity, that's legalism. But you need to know your own self, and you need to, fight sin pursue holiness flee from mm-hmm. from sin and so some dancing like alcohol some some people are only there to drink some people are only dancing to be sexually aroused right like that's or grind. like i I'm, i don't think there's a redemptive use of grinding unless it's within your marriage <laughs> right. <laughs> right public grinding you know or whatever the twerking uh we just wholesale nix that one, can we? I mean, is it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't, don't think Jesus was twerking at the wedding. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, you know what I'm getting at. I think yeah. you, these principles have to apply to, not unlike the alcohol thing. You just have to ask yourself, okay, what's mm-hmm. the intent, right? Are we, are we celebrating the Lord? Are we celebrating some event that the Lord blesses? Or is this celebrating of sexuality that our culture, like that, you know, I, I started to say MTV, but... I guess that ages me a bit, but um, you know, that, that's, a lot of music is tied to that. That doesn't mean music's bad, though, right? Just right. because a lot of people make a music video and they don't have any clothes on and they're, they're whatever. Okay, that doesn't mean music's bad. And that doesn't even mean that all Christian or all non-Christian music is bad. I think that was one of the parts mm-hmm. of the question, wasn't it? It's like, how do we even know, can we enjoy non-Christian music? What do you think? I
1: I mean, back back in the day, that was a big thing. I mean, once again, there was was a a hard line, Christian music versus secular music in in, Mm -hmm. in the the church I grew
0: up in. Yeah. Just stay away. Stay away.
2: Yeah. Again, I think you you apply those same principles of, like, is that, you you think it's something like uh, uh, the Beatles or the Beach Boys. Like, that's secular music. Is it? overly sexualized or anything no yeah. it's probably just catchy tunes and and yeah. they're modern examples too but cold play huh cold, cold play, play yeah um you know I think that's okay but when you get into the stuff that's overly sexualized yeah, yeah probably should should go the other way
0: on that one yeah yeah if it's explicitly sexual and it's honoring that yeah I think you in an adulterous way right you know I got to be careful, even if it's not, you know, what's what use does that have publicly? But, yeah, I mean, but then you got to be careful. You can't, you know, lay a line. That might be an issue for you. Any mm-hmm. hint of a of a cuss word or, or something like that might be an issue for you, but that doesn't mean that you got to call somebody else's center for enjoying some Foo Fighters or right. some Pearl Jam or um, whatever. But um, so I, I will maybe start us on that off-ramp by, by talking about the uh, the first time that I experienced a, a, a redemptive, um, like truly redemptive um, dancing at a wedding. And it was at a wedding. But I'd seen other people try to dance. And it, just, it was redemptive. It wasn't redemptive because it was terrible. <laughs> um, and it was goofy. <laughs> but I remember going, the first wedding I went to in St. Louis, and it was journey people. It was so I think it was a staff person of the journey and I had never been to a wedding like this there was like r- pure unadulterated joy there mm. and there was celebration there and there was laughter and I was like legit taken back and upset because I'm I can't dance mm. and I wanted to because mm-hmm. it was people were enjoying themselves and they were there was, there, it had nothing to do with sexuality. Like, it was not sensual in any way. It was just, it was fun and, and, uh, and beautiful. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so, my wedding, I've told the story from the pulpit, but like, we got married at a church. They literally had it written in the bylaws that you, if you had the reception there, you could only have three dances. Um, and I think they had named them like father, yeah. daughter, mother, son, and first dance. Yep. And then you had to shut it down. Wow. So it's legislated, much like your college, like it's literally in there. And I remember, uh, Riley and I got in a fight about this because she wanted to do uh, the dollar dance, uh, which is where um, I think the the yeah. bride and the groom are both on the floor, and people come up and give them money, give them money, and dance with them for a minute, mm-hmm. right? She wanted to do that. She had, she had seen it done, and it, and I was like, ah, first of all, it's one too many dances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on staff at this church. Like this, literally could cost me my job. But uh, one too many dances. Second of all, it feels tied to stripping. You know what I mean? Like we're paying, or you're like paying for, you know, like just the money thing. It just made me uncomfortable. And so we fought about it, and we didn't do it. And 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 I was like, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, here's the deal. Uh, I actually think. Well, let me just ask you, who has the weaker conscience in that conversation, me or Riley? Pass.
1: Me. I have yeah. the weaker conscience. I think the
0: Bible would say, like, I'm the one with the weaker... Like, she's the one just trying to rightly enjoy good mm-hmm. gifts from the Lord without being worried. Like, she has no intent to sin there. There would have been no sin there. Right. And she's just going, it's our wedding.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people want to do this out of generosity. Yes.
0: Yeah. There's no, it, there's no hint of it. And, and so I have the weaker conscience because I'm worried about people what they're going to think and what they're going to say about me and and whatever and she's the one trying to rightly enjoy the good gift there and she was right and I spoiled a lot of things for her because I was a legalist little turd right like um and and back to the music thing I think I've told this story before but I remember I took her to a Brad Paisley concert one time and because she loved you know country music growing up and 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 I enjoyed most of it but when he sang the song you know sang about alcohol which is a not a great song. It is kind of celebrating the nonsense of but but I like totally made her feel bad about it like and was just a jerk. And so again, yeah, music it, it I didn't need to be I was legalistic and I was being condemning, but I remember being at that wedding and being like, "Oh my gosh, like this is honoring to Jesus. These are two these are two lovers that are get that are getting married. The church has gathered, God's people have gathered to celebrate this. And this is a party." Mm-hmm. And it, it was like I could still like it was so rich and redemptive. And I've since been to some, you know, weddings here that, that do that much better and stuff. But I was just like, man, I've been gypped. And so that's what I, I hope that the weight of a passage like John two, it should not if we if we are tempted to take a passage like that and run to justifying um our liberties and our, our sin, we we've missed the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what I hope is we see a, a, a savior who's, like we've said, so much better mm-hmm. than behavior modification and sin management and is really offering, like, a bountiful kingdom that's full of joy and celebration and unadulterated pleasures that, that he's put there. And and he's able to enter into those spaces. And, and And I think that's what we can look forward to, right? Because of our stories, because of our brokenness— mm-hmm. We might have to have some some boundaries until then, um, but we're gonna make sure those are personal. They're biblical, mm-hmm. and, and if and if they're just personal, we can't lay them on everybody else, right? Right. Okay. All right. So intent. Um, knowing your own personal, you know, story, your own personal temptations, where you need to draw the line. Surrounding yourself, like making sure you have biblical mm-hmm. community that's formative for you, and then your missional. You have missional relationships, but don't let those be the formative people in your life um and then yeah, and then that's gonna le- give you some conversations, some ability to have conversations and mm-hmm. wrestle these things to the ground and actually get some objective ideas of like okay, not only what can we do corporately as a people of God, but what what can I do, mm-hmm. and where do I need to draw lines and and um yeah, so maybe maybe some of us can go and and be you know, a designated driver and hang out with some guys and, and friends or whatever. Maybe some of us can't. and I, I think there's freedom both mm-hmm. ways. And, um, and we need to have the courage to honor the Lord. I think mm-hmm. a lot of this has to do with courage because you get a lot of social pressure. Right. Yeah. So have the courage to face what you actually need to, you know, need to do and then the courage to do it and, and honor the Lord without apology. And all right. I think that's helpful. I hope. So if you got more questions, y'all know where to find us. We'll, uh, We'll fire up the microphones again, but I appreciate you all listening.